Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, Mark chapter 4, verse 37. says, And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And it was in the hinder part of the, sh- and he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Let's go ahead and go before the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you so much today for your great and your holy word. We thank you so much for your presence in this house, all that you've already done. And we're looking forward to what you have in store for us. We need your anointing, Lord God. I pray that you'd anoint me, Lord God, to deliver your heart, not my mind, not my opinion, but your heart to your people, Lord. Feed your sheep today. Help us, Lord God, as we've come hungry for this truth. I pray that you'd feed all all that are hungry, Lord God. Hallelujah. I pray, Lord. God, that our hearts be soft, ready to receive your word. Give us ears to hear it. Hallelujah. We ask it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God bless you. You can be seated. Well, uh, so this story is one that I'm sure that all of you are quite familiar with. Uh, The disciples and Jesus, they're on a ship and they are sailing. And uh, as they're as they're doing so, this storm just kind of comes, seems like out of nowhere and uh, starts tearing the ship up. It starts, I mean, Whenever it says that the ship got full, it's full of water from these waves coming up over the side. And that's, that's a pretty aggressive storm. That's not something I'd want to be a part of. That's something that would make me pretty scared. Uh, but, you know, here the, here's the disciples, and they're in this ship, and all this stuff's happening around them. Jesus is in the ship, too. Jesus is in the boat. And uh, they, uh, they get scared, naturally. They get scared, and they run down, and they find Jesus, and they wake him. And, you know... We can uh, we can really give the disciples, really a lot of people in the Bible, you know, we have this kind of perspective where we can give them a hard time because we can see the beginning of the story, the end of the story, and we're like, oh, why were they scared? You weren't in that ship. If you were in that ship, you'd know why they were scared. Whenever, that sh- whenever you're floating across water, and I don't know what their safety measures look like, probably not so hot, but they're in this ship, and, and it's starting to get full of water, and they, you know... I guess I'm just thinking about this even now. They waited till then to to, to go and to wake up Jesus because they, they got they got to a place where this we can't handle this. This is way too much. This is way too much. This is way too scary. We're gonna go and wake up Jesus, and uh, we can give them a hard time because you know Jesus wakes wakes up and 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 you know he talks to them about their fear. He talks to them about that. So we feel very self-righteous whenever we can say, oh, you know, I don't know why they were scared. They had, they had Jesus right there and they didn't have to be scared. Um, let me continue. Well, now, you know, uh, man, you know, we can, we can give them a hard time. But if we'd be honest, we were in that same situation. If we were in that same situation, how scared would you be? How scared would you be? How, would, you re- would you react better? You think you would? We, we can always speculate. You can always say, hey, if I was in brother so-and-so's position or if I was in sister so-and-so's position and they're presented with this challenge, I know how I'd react to it. It's like all the people that love to tell you about how, they're, how they would handle if somebody points a gun at their head. I know exactly what I'd do, and it would happen just like this. <laughs> if you've ever watched any of the training on it, sometimes it'd be... It can be quite funny because you've got a guy that's there and he's explaining everything and they say, oh, okay, so this is what happens. The guy holds out the gun and he just sits 
there and waits. That's not really how that goes. It's a little bit more intense than that. And you got a lot more going through your, through your head. Thank God for training. We all need, we all need to know what to do. And, but man, you just don't know how you're going to react in a situation till it's actually right on your front door. They're people just like us. I'll never forget, I was a very young Christian. I was over at the Mendez's house for lunch on a Sunday afternoon, and Sister Emily got a little fired up. Somebody was talking about characters in the Bible. And, uh, and she took offense to that because they're not characters. They're not just some people in stories. They are real people. This is real accounts. This is the Word of God, and this isn't some fairy tale. This is real things that really did happen. And, and I thank God for that because it, 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 it did something to me. where It made me look at this in a different way. I appreciate that. For all, all, all that we can criticize, the one thing that they did better than what we sometimes can do is they went straight to Jesus. You know, maybe they were scared. Maybe they handled it in a way that, that needed some correction, needed some modification. But you know what? Whenever they were presented with trouble, they recognized this trouble is too big for me to figure out. I can't do this on my own. And I need help from the one that I know that can help. I'm going straight to Jesus. I'm waking him up. I'm going to do whatever I can to get Jesus on board with me and to have him help me work this out. Verse 39 says, And he arose, Jesus arose, and he rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace. Be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. That had to be amazing. <laughs> I'd love to have seen that. I wouldn't like to have been in, in the ship leading up to that point, but if I could have been in a safe place watching, that would be really amazing to watch. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said unto one another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? You know, it's incredible. God, you know, Brother Bob was saying about how powerful the Word is, how powerful God is. He's so powerful. There ain't nothing. There ain't nothing. He formed the whole world just by speaking it into existence. So there ain't nothing that we can face that, 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 can, that can work that God doesn't have authority over. You know, uh, something that as I was studying this, I, I, I don't know how I missed this. And maybe you're, you're all going to look at me like, I don't know how you missed it either. But I, I realized this was prophesied so many years in advance. This, there was an account in, in Psalms 107. If you want to turn to it, you can. You don't have to. Psalms 107, 28 and 29 says, then, th- then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distress. He maketh the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still. <laughs> you know, God's the same yesterday today and forever. God was the same back then as he is right now. And he cared about them the same that he cares about you and me. God's a good God. No matter how grim your situation appears, God's still the same. God's still an awesome, loving God. No matter how dire the situation, God's an awesome, loving God, and he's in control. He's got power to take care of things. No matter how little time we might think, you know, we... mm, Hallelujah. I heard some good preaching here recently. Brother John Parks Jr. is preaching on time. I sent it to, sent it to some of you. And, and it just blessed me so much. God, talking about time and, uh, and God, how God looks at time versus how we look at time. I, I'm probably the prime example of, of letting time stress you out. Ask my wife. She, she, she tests that frequently. Uh, time, I start, looking at the, I start looking at the clock and I start getting stressed. I want to be there on time. I want to do this and that. And time matters so much. And, and, and 
whenever I, I could be in a good mood, and then as that, as that clock starts ticking and that deadline starts getting closer, my mood starts to shift based on that time. But God, God, God's not influenced by that time. He's outside of time. Uh, I love the way Brother Parks put it. He said he, he took that example of a, of a billionaire, and he said, you know, to a billionaire, a dollar and a hundred dollars, or a dollar and a thousand dollars, they're the same exact thing. It doesn't mean a difference to that billionaire because he's got so much of it, it doesn't even matter. God's the same way. We're looking at time, and we're looking at our situations, we're looking at troubles, and, and, and we're determining how dire the situation is based on time. But God's outside of time. And God's the one we're going to whenever that situation gets dire. Whenever those waves start to fill up that ship, Jesus is the one we want to go and wake up. And he's not influenced by that time. He's not affected by that time. He's not worried about it. He knew that this situation was going to happen. He knew how he was going to react to it. So many years, so many years before it ever happened, he knew. And really, these disciples had the opportunity to know, too. The word was available. They, they could have known, oh, yeah, you know what? I remember something like this happening in the book of Psalms. Some of the songs we sing, it talked about the same thing. But you know what? We don't always think of that. But thank God that we have access to the Lord. Hebrews eleven six. Go ahead and turn to it. Hebrews 11.6. Again, this is probably one that a lot of you can quote. But without faith. Here again, we're talking about faith. That faith that Jesus was talking about whenever he was confronting the disciples. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It doesn't say that he's, he's a rewarder of them that... You know, they talk to him once in a while and, you know, they might, they might, you know, have a prayer meeting every, every once in a while while they're in their car, distracted. No, it says that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Them that that see the the need in their lives and they cry out to him on a regular. They, They make it, they make it a routine and not a, not a routine that's without passion, not a routine that's without meaning, but a routine to diligently cry out to God, to diligently check themselves. Oh, it's so important. It's so important. I appreciate, again, Brother Bob saying about the Word being a mirror. Sometimes your prayers can be a mirror, too. And I encourage you, if you you don't let them be, ask God, check my heart today, Jesus. I felt like I was doing okay, but I want you to to alert me. I want you to show me if there be any wicked way within me. Because I know sometimes I can go through life and stuff, stuff gets slipped in there. And the dirt of this world can start to wear on me. And sometimes I don't realize... I don't realize all the stuff, all the baggage that I start to carry. I, I need the Lord to help me. But you need to have faith. You've got you to gotta remember, it's Jesus we're talking about. It's that God that delights in mercy. He's the one that cares about you. He wants to take you through it. He wants, he wants you to call out to Him. He, he's, he's eager to be close by your side. He's eager to be the one that you come to. That's the kind of God he, that's, that He is. And he's the rewarder of them that diligently seek us, seek him. He wants us to put our trust in him. He doesn't want us to just, to just be, uh, you, know, you know, our ticket out of trouble. He wants us, you know, 
I, you, this church is a great church, and I know, I know if I call any one of you, maybe I'm stuck on the side of the road, and if, if you're available, you're going to come and you're going to help me out. And if you can't help me out, you're probably going to try to find a way that I can get helped out. And, and you know, that doesn't happen because I'm a stranger to you. That happens because we've got something going on here. We're close. And, and I appreciate that. There's a tight-knit bond between the, the people of God. God wants to have that with you. He doesn't want to be your fair-weather friend. He wants to be the one that you've got such a close relationship. that he's, He's used to fellowshipping you. He's used to hearing your voice calling out to Him, diligently seeking Him, inquiring of Him on a regular basis. He wants us to stay close to Him and to be able, to be able to reach out and touch Him. But if we got distance, how are we going to reach out and touch him? We're going to have to make up that distance then, won't we? No, no, he doesn't want us to have to make up distance. Hey, unless we need to. You know, sometimes that happens. Sometimes that might be inevitable. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you can do something about it every day, every day cry out to God. Every day reach out to him. Every day make it, make it, make it your personal burden to, to stay close to God. Hallelujah. Have a relationship with Him. Have a friendship with Him. Have sweet fellowship with Him. That's what God wants. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? God is such a good God that He is is the Almighty God. He fashioned everything that we've ever known, felt, experienced in any way, shape, or form. And we're just peons, really. Really, we... We're such a flawed people. If we're honest with ourselves, we're not all that. We're just a mess. And we have this mighty, amazing, awesome God who loves us and cares so much that he wants to have a relationship, a very close, tight-knit relationship with us, an intimate relationship with us. Mm. Can you just imagine if those disciples were on that boat, Jesus wasn't on that boat? Ah. If they couldn't just go over and wake him up, but thank God God was on the boat. They kept him close. We need to keep him close. Hallelujah. Psalms 27, 1. I'm going to go ahead and start reading because i got a lot of ground to make up. I'm taking too much time here. Psalms 27, 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an though host should encamp itself against me, my heart shall not fear. Why not? The war should rise up against me, and this will I be confident. Why, why are we going to be confident? This is a mess. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. Hallelujah. Oh, I love this part that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret of his tabernacle. He shall hide me and he shall set me upon a rock. If you dwell in the house of the Lord, if that's the desire, if that's what your heart seeks after, that you have no distance between you and God, but you, you so, you're so close, that all you've got to do is just reach out and touch Him. You don't got to break the ice with God. If you keep Him close, and that's all I recommend you do, keep Him right there within grabbing distance. No matter what, no matter what comes your way. I remember being in an accident, somebody in the accident just said, Jesus, right away, That's because the, they were close to Him. And they knew if they just cried out to God, He'd keep them safe. Stay close to Jesus. Stay close to Jesus. You know what? When God's in the boat, 
we can have confidence that he's going to fight for us. The psalm says that in this will I be confident. Why can I be confident? Because God's in the boat. Hallelujah. When God's in the boat, we don't have to fear or what, who or what life throws our way. Hallelujah. Sometimes life throws us curveballs. Sometimes life throws us curveballs in the forms of people. Hallelujah. Does it ever seem like sometimes somebody just exists in your life to be a thorn in your side or just to make things difficult? I know I've had a couple of them. Maybe you have too. You know, sometimes that happens. But when God's in the boat, we don't got to worry about that. Oh, they might, they might be able to have the breathe out threatenings and all kinds of terrible things. They, they might be out to get your job taken from you. They might, hey, if God's on our side, God be for us. Who can be against us? Hallelujah. When God's in the boat, there's deliverance nearby. There's victory nearby. But we got to keep God in the boat. Hallelujah. When God's in the boat, there's healing at hand. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, are you thankful to serve a healing God? He's a great physician. Uh, we see God healing all kinds of things. And then whenever, whenever healing wasn't even an option, he said, well, fine, I'll just raise you from the dead. Yeah. Hallelujah. God's an awesome, awesome God. When he's in the boat, there's keeping power. Yeah. Sometimes we're going through some things and maybe the, the, the punches are getting thrown already and we're getting beat up. But God can keep us safe. God can be right there and stand by our side. Right. Hallelujah. When God's in the boat, there's hope even when all hope is lost. And sometimes it really does feel that way. Hallelujah. Go ahead and turn to Acts uh, 27. Some of you might already saw this coming. Acts 27, 9. I'll give you a second to get to that. I'm excited about God. I'm excited about what He's done, what He's doing. He's an awesome God. He's worth getting excited about. Hallelujah. I know the world can look at us like we're a bunch of crazy people. Sister Anna was talking about her testimony, just first meeting the children of God and, and just uh, seeing, seeing how God is through us. And uh, the first time I met the children of God, I was expecting this cult. And because uh, that's all I'd ever heard about uh, this, this crazy people and all these crazy things that they do. And uh, and well, it was certainly unfamiliar to me coming from a Catholic background. I certainly never, never heard of anybody getting excited about God. What's to be excited about? Mm, hallelujah. Boy, was I was I surprised whenever God started working on me, blindsided me by the preaching, had my number. He dealt with my heart. He knew what was going on inside of my life that I hadn't told anybody else about. But God is a God that's in control. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Acts 27, 9. If you got it, we're going to go ahead. If you don't, we're still going to go ahead. Now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous. We got another boat. This time Paul's on the boat, and he, this isn't a pleasant journey. This isn't some situation he's excited about. He, he's a prisoner on this boat. <laughs> Hallelujah. When sailing was now dangerous because the, the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive this voyage will be with hurt and much damage. Not only the landing of the ship, but also of our lives. That's not something you're excited to hear whenever the preacher's telling you. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than the things which were spoken by Paul. Mm. You know, sometimes we can look at the preacher, we can look at the things that are dealt to us through the word, and we could say, you know what? That doesn't sound too practical. I've got a practical solution for this all. 
There's such an importance. There's such an importance of the anointed, spirit-filled ministry that God has put around us. We, we can't, you know, this ain't about people. This ain't about people. God's, God's a bigger God than our mistakes. God's a bigger God than our shortcomings. You, you know, I thank God for Brother Flosser. He's, he's put this in me so much that, you know, he, and he talks about it regularly. And says about, you know, hey, you wouldn't like me if it wasn't for Jesus. I'm a mess without Jesus. You thank God for the preaching? That's only because of Jesus. Our best is not really all that good at all. It's a mess. It's a filthy, filthy mess. But we cannot, we cannot, hallelujah, we cannot say it enough how valuable and how important it is to put your confidence in the preached Word of God. Hallelujah. There's a lot in the Bible about that. I don't got time to get into it all. Uh, but man, it's so important. It's so important. Trust that more than what seems practical. Trust the anointed word of God more than what seems practical in your life. You, don't spend a whole lot of time trying to figure out whenever God told you what to do. Hallelujah. If the man of God is on the boat, rest assured, God's on the boat too. And maybe some of you are thinking, well, I don't plan on going sailing anytime soon, Brother Dave. <laughs> we, got, we got our lives. We got our lives, and we're on these, these boats of our lives every single day. And, and sometimes we're going to be faced with storms. Sometimes we're going to be faced with battles. And I want to encourage you today, you know, have a walk with God. I, I covered that earlier. Still, diligently, diligently seek the Lord every single day. Every single day. But it'd be a good idea to have a real good relationship with the man of God that he's, he's put in your life. God's put a pastor in your life for a reason. And he's, he's got a plan with that. Hit him up and ask him questions. He welcomes that. And I thank God for that. We had pastor appreciation, and it's an easy thing for us to do. We got the cream of the crop. We got, we got good, good ministry around here. And God's got a plan through that. There's authority in that. There's such value in that. But you know what peril must we endure whenever we decide, I don't need to, I don't need to listen to the pastor. Yeah, there's been, hey, I'm just going to tell you, this is me. If I ask the pastor about something, he says, well, I, you know, I think this would be a good idea. Hey, it's done. It's done. I'm trusting he's praying for my soul every day. He's going to call, he's, he's got an account. Whenever, whenever that day comes and on judgment day, he's going to give an account for me. So I know that he is, he's careful about that. He is careful about that. He's not just going to give me some advice that's half-hearted. He's not only my pastor when he's sitting here behind this pulpit preaching to me. He's my pastor all the time. God has put a shepherd in my life. And it's so important. It's so important. So I I, I got confidence in my man of God. You know, there was a time whenever I would check things out on a regular basis. And that's okay. We can check them out. That's okay. But I've come to a place where I've, I've got honor for this man of God that's preaching to my soul. And he's, he's preaching to my soul. He's counseling for my soul. He's praying for my family every day. So whenever I call on him, if he's got an idea about some things, I, what if God put that idea in his head? It'd be a good idea for me to, to just, you know what, why not? What if, what if that idea was from God? So I'm just going to go ahead and have confidence in the pastor that God's put in my life. Because you know what? God's going to judge me according to how I fall under my authority. Hallelujah. And I want to make sure I'm doing a good job in that area. Continuing on, it says in in, uh, verse 13, it says, And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence they sailed close by Crete. But not long after there arose a great, 
uh, a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon. That's a tongue twister. You know, sometimes we're praying for something, we're we're doing something, and and we're not really seeking the mind of God. This is just a little side note that's just landed on my heart. You know, we want things in our lives. We want our flesh to, to just be comfortable. And sometimes we feel like peace comes our way. That's not confirmation from God. Peace. When have you ever seen peace be confirmation from God? I saw Jesus crying in the garden. He didn't see peace confirm his way. And he didn't have friends backing him up. They're supposed to be praying with him. They're falling asleep in the garden. Is that peace? That's not peace. So whenever you're counting on some folks to be pulling the weight with you, peace, peace is not peace is not something we need to get super excited about. I thank God for the peace of God. But whenever we're praying for something, seek the mind of God. Seek the heart of God. Don't be don't be blindsided whenever some whenever most of the time that presents an uncomfortable outcome because God works through that discomfort. Mm. So don't allow yourself to take ease. Don't, don't, don't get comfortable whenever things are easy. Hey, whenever things are easy, use, use that lack of current to, to make some headway. Right. You, you know, I, I was I was recently at the beach and, and there was a lot of current in the ocean. And and if you're not careful, that current could sweep you away. But there was there was the one day we were out there. and didn't feel like there was any current felt pretty easy to move around whenever there's no current in your life. Whenever things are going real easy, man, yeah, pray a little extra store up for those days of trouble that are surely ahead. Hallelujah. So moving on, uh, Acts uh, twenty seven fifteen, And when the ship was caught. And could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And, and running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had, we had much work to come by the boat. The boat's getting tore up. This storm isn't no joke. It, it's, it's not calming down. It's not slowing down. It, it's, it's messing the boat up. And when, and when they... And when they had taken up, they used helps, undergirding the ship. Everybody, all hands on deck. And fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, strike sail. And so they were driven. They're, they're trying to avoid you know, running up on ground and, and getting stuck in the quicksand. So they, they set sail again, even though it doesn't seem like there's a good solution to this now. They're in this mess. They, 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 thought, they, had, they thought they had their purpose, and they sailed off and, 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 and went against the word of the ministry, against the preacher that was anointed by God. And he was there on purpose. It wasn't a pretty purpose. It wasn't a nice thing to be there, but God had them there. And God had a plan. Hallelujah. God had a plan. So they're all in this mess. And they, they set sail again and were so driven. And, and we begin exceedingly to toss with the tempest. The next day, they lighted the ship. They got off. That they started throwing things overboard, and you know they, it, was, it was a real, real mess that they were in. And the third day... And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And there were neither sun nor stars in many days, and no small tempest lay on us. And all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. That's not a pleasant situation. That's not one that I want to find myself in. I don't, but... Have you ever been in a situation where it felt like you don't have any hope? You just, hey, buckle up. The end is near. You know, it doesn't feel like there's any hope. But was all hope lost? 
God was in that boat. The man of God was there. And like I said earlier, if you got the man of God, he's got a purpose that God's put in him. And you can rest assured, if God's in that boat, it's going to be all right. Hope's not lost. Hallelujah. Not when God's in the boat. So we go on Acts uh, 27, 21. But after a long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, hey, you should have hearkened unto me you, you, and, and not loose from Crete. He's letting them know, hey, remember, I told you. Don't, don't forget. I, I, I said, hey, this is not a good idea. Don't forget, you put yourself in this mess. <laughs> Just imagine being Paul in this situation. Somebody said in her testimonies, I don't remember who it was, about a situation that's outside of your control. You're a prisoner on a boat, Paul, and you're trying to serve God. You're trying to reach out to the churches. You're trying to make an effect for the kingdom of God. And you're a prisoner in the middle of a storm that you're only in because of other people's stupid choices. That's not too nice. But that's where Paul was. But you know what? Paul, could, Paul, Paul kept Jesus real, real close. He realized whenever God saved him out of that mess that, that he was, that he needed to keep Jesus real close every day of his life. And so he said, and not have loose from Crete and, and have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. So the ships, the ships, there's no hope for the ship. But there's no man. There's no man going to be lost. The man of God, he's, he's going to regularly... You know what? There's been times in my life where maybe I didn't do my best at hearkening to the voice of the man of God. And maybe I made my situation a little worse than what it needed to be. And the storm beat me up more than it had to. But thank God he's still praying. He's still seeking the mind of God. And, and, and that doesn't mean that just because you made some mistakes along the way that God can't still come and help you. And yeah, don't feel like don't feel like you're, 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 your mistakes have got you to a place where God can't reach you. God's still reaching out to you. He still wants to help you. For there stood of me this night an angel of God, whose, whose I am and who I serve. He's talking about God. He serves God. He's, he's one of God's children. Saying, fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. That's, that's still, that's amazing to me that Paul's, Paul's telling them. He's encouraging them. And knowing what's going to happen, now knowing what the end of his path is, because God revealed it to him, he's going to have to go before Caesar, and he's going to have to testify. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, because I believe God that it shall be even as he told me. We serve a God that cannot lie. We serve a God that is faithful to his word. If God told you, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter. The ship is busted up. They're on this, this, this land with unfamiliar people. And that was scary. They've got snakes biting the preacher. That's scary. It seems like every time that things feel like maybe there's, there's, some, there's some, maybe a little glimmer of hope. feels like something else goes wrong. But God said, or Paul said through God, I'm not worried because I know what God told me and I believe God is going to do what he said. Stay close to Jesus. When there's no hope, let God be in that boat. Let God be in the boat of your life. Let him be so close to you 
There's hope whenever God's in the boat. There's hope whenever God's in your life. There's hope whenever God's within reaching and touching distance. Though all would fall apart around you, God is good. And I believe God. I believe that He's got a plan for us. Because He said that He has a plan for us. He said that He wants to work it to the good of them that are called and according to His purpose. They're the ones that love Him. He wants to work it out for your good. He's got a plan. And I believe he's got a plan because uh, he's a rewarder. He is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Stay faithful to him. Seek him daily. Don't worry about the things that are going on around you. Don't worry about the troubles that are coming your way. No matter how tempestuous those winds might be and the, and the waves beating up against your life, no matter how hard the things are that you're facing, they didn't even have a boat anymore. That's that's a mess. That's scary. But they kept God. God was close to Paul. God was close to Paul. And because of that, because Paul was in that boat, those men has to have their life. Because Paul had to go and come before Caesar, those men who did no kind thing to Paul, they were spared. Isn't that awesome? That's the kind of God we serve. People around you will be affected by your walk with God if you stay close to him. They might be saved because you're around them. That's the plan of God. He wants us to be salt. He wants us to be light. Hallelujah. Through all of this, you know, I, I encourage you, read the book of Acts. Read this story. God did some amazing things through it all. Uh, I, I, so many things can be gleaned out of this. That Paul was just a man living for God, keeping Jesus close to him. He was just a man that was excited to serve God, and he wanted the will of God. And he wanted to see, hey, God had something he wanted to accomplish. And in the end, no matter what it takes, that's what we're going to make sure happens. We're, we're going to work towards that no matter what comes our way. We're not going to get it all up in our head. I'm guilty of that. Get out of your head. Let God do the work. Let God perform whatever needs to happen and trust that he is, that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. There's another story about a boat that's not, not a real pleasant story. A uh, book of uh, what we see in, in Jonah. And I'm not going to have you turn to it, but it's the contrary. It's, it's the complete opposite. So the disciples, they had Jesus in the boat. And uh, these uh, these Roman centurions, they, they had they had the man of God in the boat filled up with the Holy Ghost on fire for God. Jonah was running from God. He's the example of distancing yourself from God. Whenever Jonah gets in the boat, you better be scared. You better be scared because in, in the same way that. The people of the boat that Paul was in, they were blessed by him being there. They were spared by him being in there. Those people were scared whenever, whenever Jonah was in the boat. He was running from the will of God. It was pride. You know, there's a lot of people that say a lot of things about Jonah. But in the end, if you really read it, it's not about prejudice. It's about pride. Jonah was a man that didn't want to look bad. He, he, didn't, he was thinking too much about what people, people would think. Oh, well, I said this, and, and now I've got to have to go back up. Why would you do that? Why would you make me look so bad? Well, it's all me, 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 me. I'm, I don't want to do that. I'm running from you. I'm running from the things that you've set for the good. Don't run from God. Keep God close. Seek Him diligently. He had things in his life that he didn't want to listen to God about. There's some things that God wants us to do that, that just our flesh don't like. Let's just be honest. There's some, there's some things about living for God that, that are uncomfortable. I don't like having to love my enemies. But I, anytime I obey God, 
I'm always so glad I did. It's not always comfortable going through it, but it's really awesome looking back whenever I see just how God worked it out. And I'm like, whoa, I never saw that coming, loving my enemy. And then all of a sudden, my enemy's coming knocking on my door whenever he's going through something, seeing the testimony. God's got a bigger plan than your comfort. God's got a bigger plan than your flesh. Hallelujah. We do so good to keep God so close. To, to forsake our flesh, to forsake our will. We've got to learn from Jonah. We've got to learn from Paul. We've got to learn from the disciples. It's important to, to keep God in the boat of our lives. When God's in the boat, things are so much better. Things are so much better. But if you're running from God, if God's, if God's doing something, you're just plugging your ears and saying, nope, nope, nope. That can't be it because that's uncomfortable. That, that I, I'm looking for that. Lord, I, I, don't want, I don't want you to tell me something that's going to conflict me. I, I'm looking for that peaceful breeze to come by. I, I'm looking for it to, to pet my flesh. And, and until I get that, I'm going to keep on running. Don't, don't, don't follow that example. Don't follow that example. Jonah had to go through some things. Oh, hallelujah. Let's all bow our heads in prayer. God, you're so good. Sister Katie, you can come to the music. Hallelujah. It's so good to serve an awesome God. But sometimes serving that awesome God puts us in a place uh, of discomfort, but there's a greater plan through it all. There's a plan for you. There's a plan for them that are around you. And He always, always has good in mind. Because He loves you. He loves you so much. He loves you so much He was willing to come and bear a cross. Jonah's disobedience put the people that were around him in danger. The direct opposite of Paul's situation. I would hate for it to be the case that because I was around that somebody, somebody, somebody missed their opportunity to be saved. Because of my negligence in my walk with God, that it affected somebody and it put a bad taste in their mouth about truth. I want to live for God with all my heart. Hallelujah. I want it to be that I'm so connected, I'm so close to God, I'm so on fire for God. That my coming into the room, my being around somebody presents a situation of hope. We gotta be obedient to the voice of God. We gotta be obedient to the will of God. Hallelujah. Even still, Jonah. God was still working on him. He was running from God. And God was willing to put him through some scary times. I cannot even begin to imagine what it was like. God was trying to get his attention. Because God cares about people. Hallelujah. Let's all come and find a place to pray. Search your hearts, church.
disciples were going to face that storm hundreds of years prior to it even happening. Before you were even born, the Lord knew the troubles that you would go through. And he had already figured out a way to get you out of it. Keep Jesus in the boat. Keep God in the boat of your life. Keep him close. Hallelujah. He wants to help you. He wants what's best for you. You think you might know what's best for yourself. You think you want what's best for yourself. Hallelujah. God knows what's best. Psalms 9 says, The Lord will be a refuge for the oppressed. A refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, has not forsaken them that seek thee. Another place it says he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Sometimes that time we were talking about earlier weighs on you. Sometimes that the dire situation weighs on your mind. Maybe it feels in that moment that God's forsaken. You care not that we perish, Lord. Have faith. God's in the boat. It's going to be all right. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, we thank you so much. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for how much you care about us. Thank you for being an awesome God that wants to deliver us out of all of our trouble. Hallelujah. Whenever we need it the most, and even in the easy times, you're there. And you desire a relationship with us. Hallelujah. You desire such a walk. Lord, you're an awesome God, and I pray today this word would find fertile soil on our hearts, that it would go with us throughout the week and that we'd carry it whenever the waves beat up against us. Hallelujah. Because you're bigger than it. You're bigger than the storm. Hallelujah. God, encourage your people. Strengthen us as we keep you close by our side. Lord, I pray that you keep your hand on us tonight as we travel home, but we don't leave your presence. God, I pray that you would continue to, to work in Louisiana on our pastor. Bless him. Richly bless him. Lord, supercharge his spirit with your Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That he come home refreshed, ready to tear up and in word, Lord, to, to, to get in and be a blessing to your church, to feed your sheep. Pray that you'd help him to make connections, keep his travel safe as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless the church.